Welcome into another Running with the Wolves podcast on the Believe Sports Network. My name is Gabe Anderson. I'm joined, as always, by Chris Emerson. Chris, how are we doing? We're doing well. We're doing well. We took a little lump, but that's okay. Yeah, it was a tough one against the Knicks, of course. Uh, what we're talking about, the Wolves lose to the Knicks 112-106. to 106. Uh, we're down 20 in the third quarter, came back a little bit, made it a six-point game. But in the end, Julius Randle was too much for the Wolves to handle. So, in my, so my first question is, why is that? It seems like Julius Randle, of course, he had that 57-point game last time we were in the Garden. Why is it so hard for us to defend a guy like Julius Randle? I mean, a lot of teams run into that with him. I mean, he's one of those guys that is either an MVP or he's, you know, shoots you out of a game. So, I mean, he puts Mm -hmm. up huge nights off and on, you know, quite often, but I mean, he's a tough matchup for us because he's a little too um, fast and a little, has a little too much agility for Carl Anthony Towns and uh, probably the same for, for Gobert, but he's got a little bit of girth to him. So like he can, he can body some of the skinnier guys. So he's just kind of a matchup nightmare. But there really was no reason why we couldn't still beat that team, even with uh, even with him going off. Like we should play better. Yeah, and and I think the main trouble was in the second and third quarters. We just could not hit shots until J Mac came in and actually gave us a little stability in that game. J Mac box score here: twelve minutes, nine points, a plus a team high, plus thirteen, three assists. Well, we might have something with J-Mac with, with a little bit of stability. They also played him like we were talking about last week a little bit with Conley. So we might have something here. I, I, I still think we go out and get a better point. Card, but for the time being, I like what J-Mac did last night. I mean, he's a great uh, change of pace, you know, and, and, and I think it's needed. I think we talked about it in the last episode, that burst of energy, that change of uh just style and intensity is something that we need right now. And, um, you know, we're kind of getting lazy, kind of getting maybe reading the press clippings too much, talking about how great we are. Um, and yeah, I, I would love, I love to have, I love what he's bringing us and I love to see more of it. Maybe he can rub off on the other J Mac who finished with less points, same amount of rebounds, less assists, less steals in mm-hmm. uh, 33 minutes. And something interesting I found about the Knicks game the Wolves outshot the Knicks. They shot better from behind the three-point line, shot better at the free-throw line, had less turnovers. But the big stat is rebounds. They got out-rebounded by 15 and 16-4 to four on an offensive rebound. How does that happen when you're playing three big guys and one of them is traditionally one of the best rebounders in the NBA in Rudy Gobert? How, how do you get out-rebounded like that? You know, and it's something that I've been really confused with for the last multiple years. Um, I know for a long time we were really stressing defensive rebounds so that um, so that we could so we could finish it. No, I don't. You know, I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is that we're getting out rebound. There's no reason for it. I mean, Anthony Edwards is a good rebounder. Connolly's a solid rebounder. I mean. I've been saying this for years, and people always yell at me for it, but. Uh, you know, uh, McDaniels, McDaniels has to play better. And one thing that he definitely negative affects us with is rebounding. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a seven foot small forward and he finished with one rebound. 
And I don't want people to say, well, he was busy locking up Randall all game because that's not he the wasn't. Case. Yeah. So he was not. Um he needs to rebound better. We need to rebound better as a team. Yeah, it's it's interesting because now obviously the Knicks are the number one rebounding team in the league, which you wouldn't think that, particularly without Mitchell Robinson, but Harkenstein was having a nice night. I think that Harkenstein was almost the difference in that game. I think he had two or three blocks on Rudy right at the rim. If those go down, I mean that that's a tie game right there. But anyway, moving forward, you were talking about McDaniels and yeah, I wanted to talk about it here. I think the only thing he's doing well this season is shooting from the field. I think he's 54% from the field, but I don't feel like he's playing lockdown defense because he's never on the court because he's always in foul trouble. Now, some of that you can attribute to he's guarding the best guy, but a lot of the fouls on McDaniels are just dumb ones. Like, he has the guy uh, caught with a bad shot, and then he just follows him late. And then, of course, the horrible, horrible play against the Lakers where he clearly fouls the guy, clearly fouls LeBron, and then mouths off to the ref and, and gets a technical. And if it wasn't for a few inches, that game goes into overtime. So a couple questions. Is Jaden McDaniel, should he be on the trade block during the trade deadline and two should he have been at least put on the bench and not started for the game against the Knicks because of what he did in the Laker game because or after him mouthing off to the ref where he almost lost at the game I was furious and I'm sure coach Finch was as well what do you think you know um at first I yeah I think maybe he should have been benched uh and more so just to set the principle that we can't have this kind of stupidity anymore. We're trying to be a professional team. We're trying to make a playoff run. We can't have people constantly making stupid decisions, mental Mm -hmm. breakdowns. And um, McDaniels does it a lot. Uh, So yeah, maybe, maybe that would have been fine. Um, And yeah, talk about his play this year. I mean, there's going to be a point in Timberwolves uh, fan life where they're going to have to come to odds that maybe McDaniels isn't Scotty Pippen, you know, yep. it's possible that that's not the case. It's possible that this guy's just not that good and he's never going to be an impactful player offensively. And, you know, as much as we celebrate him defensively and he can be great defensively, I, I've, I beat this dead horse a million times. You run a couple picks and he's off your guy. So like, how much value is there really in that? Right. Um, I mean, I'm looking at his stats right now and, you know, multiple games in single digits. Like we're going to be paying this in scoring. I'm talking, we're yep. paying this guy upwards to $30 million almost coming up. And uh, I don't know, man, I, I think I would definitely have him on the trade block to see what the offers are. And if the offers are nice, um, we might have to bite. Plus, and obviously going back to last year, it seems like this guy has a little bit of an immaturity problem. Because, I mean, obviously, first of all, you get what comes up is he punched the wall, which you, you can you can mark that up to whatever you want to. But he still punched the wall and cost us against Denver. Now he's getting a technical in the worst possible time and following out. And another thing, it's supposed to be this 3 and D guy, right? He's only shooting 36% from three. 
And what people need to look at more than even just percentages, which it's wonderful when guys are shooting high percentages. And one of the best quotes I've heard in a long time was Chris Finch said, if you lead the NBA in three-point percentage, it means you're not shooting enough three-pointers. And I mm-hmm. 100% agree with that. If if he's shooting 50-some-odd percent, well, then he needs to shoot more. You know, I don't mm-hmm. care if your three-point percentage went up four percentage points from the year prior if you're still shooting one and a half a game. Like, who cares? You're not affecting the game. You know, if you're shooting eight three-pointers a game and your percentage goes up five, ten percent, well, that's a noticeable difference, you know. But mm. for his tiny bit of offense that he's even trying to contribute, um, his percentages don't really matter to me. Yeah, he does. He doesn't shoot enough, really, and he, he's just—he's not an efficient scorer. And I'm questioning how good of a defender he is, because if you're fouling a guy well shooting five or six times a game, that's giving up how many free throws and how much right. value maybe you have a good stop here and there. Like that's what I love about Gobert is he defend. Now, obviously, two different players, two different positions. Gobert plays defense without fouling. Like, maybe he'll get two or three fouls a game, but you'd think with how much they go after the paint, particularly against the Wolves, that Gobert would be following out, like, at the rate the Cat does. But yeah. but Gobert does so well with, with not initiating body contact, uh, affecting the shot without fouling, and it doesn't seem like Jaden's that good at doing that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I, I mean, it might be a youth thing. It might be something you learn along the way. But when I'm looking at, you know, when I'm looking at Naw when he comes in for McDaniels, I mean, they defend the same guy because usually McDaniels is on a guard. So his length and the fact that he can defend four positions is kind of minimized when all you have him defend is guards all the time. Mm-hmm. So you might as well have a great guard defender because that's what you're defending. Right. And the fact that, that Alexander Walker offers more of a play creator, more of a ball handler, um, and maybe a more confident three-point shooter. I mean, it's there's a question if if Alexander should be starting over McDaniel's. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't completely throw out that I, I wouldn't throw out that idea because man, Jaden McDaniel's has been awful these last couple games. He needs games. to step I, up. I, I, I totally agree. He is making $30 million. So it's not like the, the whole argument where, oh, he's doing it on a small contract. Wow, look at the steal that we got out of Washington. He's making big boy money now. And yeah. I, I think additionally with that, if the Wolves did want to make a move for like a guard or or someone else, that $30 million contract that, that gives you more bargaining chips because you, you can you can throw out more money. At what I've been learning more and more with uh ever since doing this podcast, particularly from you, is the more that you have on the books, the more you can bargain with. Like like the the more money you have to play. Like if you just have a bunch of guys like the Spurs who are probably on one million dollar contracts, you can't make the salaries match. Yeah, I mean that was one of the biggest things that Rosas really pushed was he wasn't very interested in salary cap, for example, like oh how much cap space you have, because he basically said free agents aren't coming to Minnesota. Like I'm not gonna get, uh, you know, I'm not selling 
you know, high price free agents with Minnesota when they could go to Miami or LA or something like that. So it's important for him to have his multiple trade chips in multiple different price points. Like you want a $13 million guy, you want a $16 million guy, you want a $20 million guy. So you can mix and match all these salaries to get higher priced guys. So yeah, if you have a, like if you have a team that has three max guys and a lot of guys making $4 million, it's really hard to get a $20 million guy traded right. to you. Like it's, it's just, it's just hard to make the numbers match. Next guy I want to talk about is someone who actually had a good, I'll say a good two quarters for the Timberwolves against the Knicks, kind of a bounce back game for him. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns finishes with 29 points, three for five from three. Like we said in a past episode, we want him shooting more threes and five. We'll take that. We'll, we'll take that every night. But here, here's the thing. How is Cat going to shake this reputation offensive fouling when maybe he's not, but it's just the ref reputation that he has? Like, for example, there was this play against the Knicks where I think he's going in on Quinton Grimes and and Quentin Grimes is kind of falling backwards, and Cat, of course, hits him a little bit, puts it out, throws it out to a three-point shooter, but they call an offensive foul on Cat. The initial call is that it's an offensive foul. They go and look at it and say, oh, there's a marginal contact on Cat. Terrible call. But my question is, what does Cat have to do to start getting calls instead of always not getting the benefit of the call? Is it just... I think I think he's starting lately by not complaining so much. I think that's a big help. Um, I think that I think he's going to have to be so deliberately not fouling that. Um, I mean, he has he has to almost play negatively negatively aggressive basketball, and then if he gets called, we have to challenge him. I don't know what we do. Like he's, he's so set in with this now and the refs have him have him you know, scarlet letter on him that he's going to get called all the time for these. I, I don't know. I think the best case scenario is he just gets called for these, hopefully on a different roster because it's super frustrating and it crushes momentum. And, uh, and, and it's one of the things I hate the most about the Timberwolves is watching him catch those offensive rebounds or offensive fouls. And it's interesting you say on a different team because, like you were mentioning, I made this video apologizing to Cat, and then he goes and has three bad games. But there is reports that the Knicks are, and you take this for what you will, interested in Carl Anthony Towns. It could just be the local New York media bringing it up every time the Wolves come to town, like, oh, we want Cat. He's from here. But honestly, I don't see any way a Cat trades happens without involving Jalen Brunson, which I don't think they're going to do, or Julius Randle. I just – I don't see it happening. Yeah, I mean, even if – I think they'd gladly give up Julius Randle because there's a lot of hatred in New York for him. There's some love and hatred for him. But, um, yeah, like we were talking earlier about how contracts have to match and stuff like that. The Knicks just are not a team that things match up well with. Like – the last thing you're going to do if you're trading, if you're getting rid of Carl Anthony Towns is bring in another ball dominant big man to pair with Nas and Rudy. Like we don't need more big men. Like we need something different. And like you said, Brunson's probably not an option. So 
Yeah, uh, I don't think the Knicks are an option unless it's a third team kind of thing and we get most of our package from some other team. It seems like it happens every time the, the Wolves go to Madison Square Garden is, oh, Cat's from New Jersey. Cat yep. could Cat could go to the Knicks. I think it's just, it's almost like a couple of days before they write the article and then they have it ready for when the Knicks or when the Wolves yeah. go to Madison Square Garden. So let's look forward for the Timberwolves next game tomorrow if you're listening on Tuesday or tonight if you're listening on Wednesday or whenever you're listening. By the way, I do want to mention this is the Running with the Wolves podcast. And please, if you'd be so kind, give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Our five-star ratings have been uh, going up for sure. I've been seeing them more and more. It really nice. helps us out. Also, on YouTube, leave a comment, like, share, subscribe, you know, the, the whole nine yards. And uh, thanks so much. Anyway, so uh, let's talk about going forward. The Wolves taking on the Pelicans. Obviously, this is our last matchup with the Pelicans this year. Seems like we got them out of the way pretty early, and we're 2-1 and one so far. But, I mean, the big question is, if he plays, which – there's no he's on the injury report, but there's no guarantees that he's gonna play. How do we stop Zion? Because he is just a monster when he's going and he's killed us several times. What do we gotta do? Well, we hope that his um lack of cardio will stop him for us. I mean, he's playing right now, he's 12 minutes into the game. So hopefully that the fact that it's a back-to-back means that oh, that's true. That they're gonna sit him and we don't have to deal with that monster because he is the type of mismatch that we just can't handle very well. Mm -hmm. We haven't. Yeah. We, in the past games, we have not handled him at all. I, I think he's, if you look at the last two times that we played Zion, he's got to be shooting at least 80% from the field because he yeah. has just absolutely had a stranglehold on us. And then obviously talking about uh, the Pelicans, Brandon Ingram, he's killed us before. I remember, even the, the year where they snuck in the playoffs and they were a bad team, uh, Brandon Ingram killed us at home. So Ingram and McCollum, do you worry about them at all or just, you know, just throw Jaden on one of them and see what happens? I'm worried about all those guys. Um, I, think they're, I think they're a team that plays with a different type of um, pace that just seems to bother us some. Um, yeah, I mean – the West is a tough league. I mean, any any game probably in the top eight or nine could be a loss any night uh, if they're if they're playing well and we're playing bad. So uh, I just hope it's a get well game for our defense. I hope we don't let as many backdoor cuts happen. I think I hope we can pay you know stay disciplined and um, you know hit shots and and find our secondary guys. We need more guys to step up and really lock in their role. Like you're talking about. The point guard McLaughlin, he needs to step up and, and take his role. Troy Brown needs to step up and really lock in his role. We need guys to lock in their roles um, so we can move forward with a nice, consistent rotation. I'm looking at ESPN's percentage matchup predictor, and they got 63% the Wolves winning. So I don't I don't think they think Zion's gonna play on a back-to-back -back either. Something that you brought up and that I that I had in my notes that I wanted to bring up. The, the two games that I saw this a lot particularly was a game earlier this year against the Oklahoma City Thunder and against the Knicks, particularly with OG Ananobi a lot, which good trade by them it looks like so far. But anyway, why did the why are the Wolves so susceptible to the backdoor cut? 
Like, I, I, I don't get it. It seems like the backdoor cut is always, at least initially, it seems like they figure it out later on in the game. But initially in the game, it feels like the Wolves are super susceptible to the backdoor cut. What do we need to do to, to just be more disciplined and stop giving up so many wide-open layups and dunks? I think what a lot of it is is just hard actual cutting is so foreign to the NBA right now that when teams do it, it catches people off guard. I just don't think there's many teams that are making nice, hard cuts. So as a defender, it's just not something that you keep your eye on. Um, You're looking for like the guy to, you know, catch a back screen and run out to a three-point line. You're not looking for a cut to the hoop. So I think it's more just caught us by surprise um, when DiVincencio or whoever, whoever, you know, is cutting back door on all of our wings. Seems like the Wolves struggle with that the most with the most disciplined teams. Like, for example, the Oklahoma City Thunder were back-cutting us all day and all night. Thankfully, we came back and won that game. Like I said, it seems like the Wolves, they'll get backdoored two or three or three about four times and then be like, oh, we should guard that. We, we should yeah. probably cut that off. And then eventually, I'm sure it makes Chris Finch furious every time furious. it happens. Furious. And one quick thing you mentioned that I wanted to get in before this episode's over is yep. we did lose, you know, but the way that we fight back as a team this year, I mean, we have this amazing record, but we've come back from a ton of 10-point deficits, the most in the NBA, yep. um, to get wins. And I just want to give a shout out to just the fight that we still have, even getting a loss. Um, I was impressed with just how it ended up happening. Like most teams, most teams would, would give up. And the fact we didn't is a huge sign to our staff. Yeah. I think a lot of that, like you were saying is our staff, particularly Chris Finch. I, we haven't seen a fight like that in the wolves for a long time. And, and, and uh, it's, it's really it's really one through nine, I would say. Everyone trying their best to try to get back in it. Even even one through ten when you see J Mac coming in there. And I think J Mac was a big spark plug in, in that Knicks oh, yeah. game coming back. The, he was he was huge, hit a three, uh, had some good passes, had, cut to the basket a little bit. I just think people like playing around him. Well, again, it's it's like that Vando thing where he brings so much energy and so much passion, and he's doing all the things right, and he's making the extra play where you're like, oh God, this te- you know, if this guy who's doesn't get a shot a week is passing up his open shot to a better shot, I should also make the right play. So, I think it's just a little bit of that. It inspires you to have a little, you know, dig a little deeper type thing. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll put an exclamation point in it there, Chris. Thanks so much for yeah. being here. You know, let's start another win streak. Let's get, you know, a couple, three in a row. I agree. And this is the Running with the Wolves podcast on the Believe Sports Network. Again, got to do the spiel. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube. And also give us a five-star rating on whatever uh, podcast platform you are listening on, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Podbean or whatever, whatever you're listening on. And as always, go Wolves.